This episode will be my sixth episode on the legal prostitution industry in Nevada, what I sometimes call the legal sex industry in Nevada. Folks, in today's episode, I will be speaking with somebody, one of the last people to see one of America's most notorious legal pimps, Dennis Hoff. If you're not familiar with who Dennis Hoff is or was, I encourage you to take a look into him yourself. Uh, but I will be playing a short video right now, which features Dennis Hoff, so that you can at least see what he looked and sounded like. This video is from a report that Lisa Ling did. I definitely check uh, recommend checking out Lisa's work. Uh, she did very awesome work uh, covering the legal sex industry. Here's a snippet that's available on YouTube right now. Let's watch it. This is the only business that I know of in America where a girl's going to make three or four hundred percent more than a man in the same business. Isn't that kind of sad, though, that the only way women can do that is by selling their bodies? Well, I look at it from a positive perspective. Isn't it great that there's a place that they can do that? There are people who will say, look, Dennis Hoff is a pimp who just exploits the vulnerabilities of desperate women. How do you respond to those people? In, in almost 24 years now, Suzette and I have never recruited anybody. They come to us, and we tell them the pros and the cons. Look it, it's not for everybody. People are doing what they have to do to make money. We don't like to think that we hire girls that are desperate, but they don't always tell us either. Tonight, London is settling in. She's traveled many miles to get here. But of all places, why would a young mom choose to work in a brothel? So how are you feeling about everything? Like, of course, there's a little bit of nerves, just like any new job. But I feel like I'm not hiding. I feel like I'm not doing something bad or something illegal because I'm here at the ranch. But it's a job where you're going to be having sex with people. I'd rather do this than be stocking shelves at Walmart. All right. And so that was uh, her perspective on that. Uh, once again, I just want to share a another glimpse at what this world looks like uh, in hopes that you'll check out Lisa Ling's work. Here's another clip uh, that was on YouTube featuring Lisa's work in the legal sex industry. One of the inspirations for this series. Way at the end. Zoe has been a legal prostitute for one month and an illegal one for the past four years. A year ago, she was arrested for prostitution. And to avoid future trouble, Zoe came here to Dennis Hoff's Love Ranch. I'll show you a little how my week has been. Every day, the ladies of the house fill out a time card listing their parties and payment. But for every booking, there are deductions. I only had one client. This was 500 for 30 minutes, so. Which sounds like a lot, but. It's 500 divided by two. So I get 250 minus room and board. So I'm left with 192. Do you have like a, a set amount that you really want to make? I want to at least walk away with, you know, 20 grand. So about how much do you think you leave here? My first two with? paychecks, I made 600. It's really slow. So you've got two more days here. Mm -hmm. You never know, maybe a miracle walked through the door. 
That's why I stay because I don't want to just give up. You never know. A miracle may walk through the door. Folks, you're listening to The Cole Memo. I'm your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version of any episode, please refer to the description of the episode that you're listening to now. Within that description, you'll find a link that will take you to our website, which will display the transcript for this episode and the platforms where you can find this episode in audio or video format. If you're unable to locate the episode description, I get it. Every platform is different. Simply note the episode number that you're listening to and visit thecolememo.com. From there, you can find the corresponding episode, and then you'll be able to access the audio, video, and transcript version of that episode. You might also find any links that we referenced during the episode so that you might be able to do your own research. Folks, I mentioned that this is episode number six in our series on the legal sex industry. If you'd like to see all of the episodes that we've released to date, go to thecolememo.com slash sex. Once again, that's the colememo.com slash sex and you can see all of the episodes that we've released to date if you're not listening to this episode of the cole memo on patreon then you're listening to this episode later than our patrons to become a patron go to the colememo.com slash patreon once again that's the colememo.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n it's a great way to support our show one of the best ways to support our show is absolutely free. Subscribe to or follow our show. Leave us a positive review from wherever you're listening to us from. Favorite this episode. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment or post a review. Your engagement and support is appreciated. Folks, I hope you enjoy this episode of The Cole Memo. Today is December 15th, 2023, and I recorded this episode sometime during early November of 2022. So this series has been a long time in the making. Once again, I am really excited for you all to hear this conversation with Heather, who was a Hell's Kitchen chef, as she's going to explain. I just want to give a quick shout out before I send you into this week's episode to Rodney Leanhart, um, who was a part of Deliciously Dope TV. I believe he's since changed his show name. Either way, Rodney, uh, you helped make this episode happen. Thank you so much uh, for specifically this episode, but also just for being so kind to me. Over the years, I couldn't have made this happen without you, and uh, it, it truly is amazing. Uh, this experience was amazing. Uh, this entire series has been crazy. Once again, I just want to urge all of you to check out thecolememo.com slash sex for uh, the full range of conversations we've had. It's going to get a little bit crazier than it already has. This episode's going to turn it up a notch. Folks, I hope you enjoy this episode of The Cole Memo. I'll jump in from time to time with a bit of context. Folks, I just wanted to quickly mention, in case it confuses you, uh, this show, once again, is called The Cole Memo. If you're wondering why in this episode I'm wearing a shirt that says Chillinoy and why my background says Chillinoy, it's because this show has been going – this this series, rather, has been going on long enough to where I've changed the name of the show. So, again, this interview you're about to watch was recorded in 2022, and since then – I've changed the show name from the Chillinoy podcast to the Cole memo. So 
Just in case you were wondering, I I wanted to make that clear. Enjoy the episode. Thank you for sitting down with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, we've been doing this series on legal sex work. Um, at the time of this recording, it's not uh, released, but by the time people are seeing this, we'll we'll have released our series on legal sex work. And that's how I connected with you. But lest I speak for you, I wanted to give you a moment to uh, introduce yourself <laughs> and uh, maybe talk about your connection to the legal sex industry. Okay. So my name is Heather, and I was actually a contestant on Hell's Kitchen. I was a runner-up of season 16. And then I went back for season 18 and made the top five. Um, So because of being on the show, I made obviously numerous friendships along the way. And one of my friends that was on season 16 with me, Pat, he knew Dennis from a golf outing that they did, I guess, at the Playboy Mansion. It was years ago. So Pat knew Dennis for quite some time. So how I got involved with Dennis Hoff was Pat was going to do Dennis's birthday dinners. And he asked if myself and Coop wanted to come out and, you know, cook for Dennis, spend some time out at, you know, the bunny ranch and the different brothels out there. And I'm just like, hell yeah, you know, free vacation. (laughs) You get to cook for Dennis Hoff. You get to meet other people. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was fascinated with Dennis Hoff and his line of work and how he became like this big entrepreneur. Like that in itself was something I was definitely curious about. Yeah. So for folks that, that aren't aware of who Dennis Hoff is, can you just briefly explain uh, why sure. they should know who he is? <laughs> so uh, if some people watch The Cat House on HBO, Dennis Hoff is, well, was, Unfortunately, he was the owner of all the legal brothels in, um, I think it's Reno, Nevada. And he had the Bunny Ranch, he had Sagebrush, Love Ranch, and then there was, oh, Kit Kat. That was the other one. Then he also had two, I want to say down in, by Pahrump. Yeah. There were two away from the other brothels. So um, Dennis was the legal pimp of the world I guess you could say because he you know had dozens of women working for him and doing legal sex (laughs) behind closed doors so he was definitely the creme de la creme of brothels if you would say (laughs) yeah exactly thank you for giving (laughs) that that background he is I would say like you like you said the most well-known pimp most well-known legal pimp um So, so yeah, just tell me, I mean, that is fascinating. You get invited to cook for Dennis Hoff. Run me through like what that was like. Yeah. I remember when I got asked, um, I thought Pat was full of shit because I'm like, how do you know Dennis Hoff? You, a guy from North Jersey, how do you know somebody that well-known? I definitely, I called bullshit on it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think that Pat knew him. So when we got emails from Madame Suzette confirming our itineraries, our um, our flights, where we'd be staying, we actually stayed at Sagebrush. So Coop, myself, and Pat, we all stayed there 
um, Dennis took care of that. So basically we were there for free, but we were working for Dennis's birthday. I remember going there and it was tea time for the ladies. And if you watch Cat House, you always saw them with their big fancy hats, uh, minimal clothing. <laughs> and the girls had tea and they talked about, you know, daily operations, what's good, bad, working, not working. And that I kind of found fascinating because here's a man that's very well off, has money out the wazoo, doesn't really need to feed into his business as much because, I mean, let's face it, it's running itself. And Madame Suzette is like the greatest right-hand woman you could have for all eternity. And um, he's sitting in on daily operation meetings and each house he was there for tea time. So that made me really look at Dennis in a different light because I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I first went out there, I was thinking he was just some creepy old guy that slept with young women and had many women working for him and giving him money for having sex with men. And I was very, I don't want to say I was very like um, ignorant about the situation because I went in with an open mind so the more we were at the houses, the more girls we talked to, the more I had a different respect for those women. I mean, it's crazy what they do to self-advertise and to make sure that they're making their livelihood. I mean, some girls could go there for two months and be good for the year. Some girls have to do a couple tours. Like, it's just crazy what they do between photos and uh social media, my God, like running their social media is a different story. That, that's crazy. Everything that those girls do, and most of them run it themselves. They don't have anybody doing it for them. Even Air Force Amy does her own. <laughs> I met her too. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that is super cool. Yeah. For folks that don't know, Air Force Amy is, uh, well, she was included in the HBO Cat House series, but she's also I don't want, I, she, she was like an OG. I was going to say, thank you. Thank you. She's in, she's like an OG. I was, I was about to say something she would have gotten upset with me about. I was going to say, she's probably one of the oldest, uh, working girls out there, but maybe there is somebody older that would take offense to that. Be like, no, I'm the right. oldest working girl, you know? So she's the longest employed with Dennis's go. franchise. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And very well known, very well known. So yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that's, that's super cool. So, so you get there and what was the party like? I heard that he always threw the craziest birthday parties. Oh my God. The first birthday that I did, that was, oh my God, was that the Mardi Gras? I'm trying to remember the first one. No, the first one wasn't, wait a minute, was it? Yes. So the first one was Mardi Gras. Nope. Hang on. I'm trying to remember because... So we made beignets and then we had like the king cake with the baby in it and I want to I'm trying to think if okay so the first one was Mardi Gras and I think the second one was the wild wild west but either way like I can send you pictures of the in, the uh, birthday invites because I have that I have pictures with Dennis um with myself Coop and then Pat but um yeah, those parties are off the wall. Madam Suzette goes all out for the birthday invitations, the decorations. She is in that, they have a restaurant 
So she was in the restaurant for days while we were prepping, getting the restaurant ready and having all these different, um, they had a talent show every year. They had different, um, oh my God, what do you call them? Not games, but it was like different entertainment pieces along the way, like in the room, it was different things to do. Then obviously like we had the big buffet for the food and then um, people were just very kind and very generous, like thanking us for the food, telling us how good the food was. Dennis could not say more great things about us and the way we were working. And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to make a good first impression and it, it paid off because Coop and myself ended up working for Dennis two more times before, unfortunately he had passed away. And, um, in between his two birthdays that we did, he had his political campaign in Perum. He was running for office and spoiler alert, after he passed away, he would have won the election. Like that's insane. The guy's not even living and he won the election really quick. I but, just have to say the funniest headline I saw was yes, the dead pimp won. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I saw that too. And I was dying. I thought it was great. I'm thinking, you know, I know how hard Dennis worked and Zach, who was his assistant at the time, the man hours, the not sleeping, the long nights. I mean, there were times that Dennis was up to like two, three, five, six in the morning doing interview calls, making sure that his campaign's running right. I mean, him and Zach were a force to be reckoned with. And I went to two different places where he did like rallying and the one that Coop and I had cooked for Dennis put a free dinner on for them. Like it, Coop and I cooked a lot of food. We had a long buffet line and it was just the two of us. We had two great workers from, I want to say, I think it was a small church or like a, yeah, I think it was. I have to remember that because I know Dennis gave them a big donation check because their roof was terrible. It was leaking. And um, basically the money that he brought in from that campaign and stuff, he donated to get their roof fixed and donated like a couple other things to that organization. But the two women that worked there and helped Coop and myself, they were amazing. Like I wish we could have stayed in contact with them after because I've never met two women that were more, eager to want to learn just easier ways of like cooking things. And we made their lives easier with showing them small tricks of the trade. So that was great in itself. But Dennis literally thanked every single person pretty much, you know, single-handedly he sat there and everybody came up and shook his hand. And I want to say there were hundreds of people there at actually both rallies that we did one was like a sit-down dinner and then the other one was just like an appetizer dinner but he he literally talked to almost every single person that was there he made time for every individual and I thought that was very you know courageous of him because you don't know what people are going to do and say to you in that position yeah like, it's crazy but you know Dennis was definitely a force to be reckoned with yeah. And that's, I was telling you before air, before we got on air, that's why I wish I could have had the opportunity to sit down with him. Cause I know that he would have said, yes, Cole, come on down. You can stay and we'll, we'll do a three hour long podcast or something, you know, like I know he would. He would have took you out all day. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'm curious, um, you know, uh, again, I mentioned this before we went on air. Most of the, the people I spoke to that have worked in the legal sex industry, even if they didn't work with Dennis, they had good things to say about Dennis. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. Did you ever get like exposure to the community's opinion uh, on Dennis or anything? I mean, you just mentioned like ch a church that he helped repair and stuff like that. So I'm just curious. So when we, uh, Coop and I were at the rallies for his, um, his campaigning, a lot of people respected him because he was a man of his word. So whatever Dennis said, that's what he did. He never went back on his word. And I know, like, how do I, put, like, I think Dennis's word meant everything to him. So if he went back on something he said, he would feel horrible about it. So when he was doing all these campaigns, you would feel like almost like family to him because he's talking to you like a human being. He's not talking to you as a politician where I'm just trying to get your vote and I don't give a shit about you. I don't give a shit about what happens to you. You actually saw the change in the community that rallied around Dennis because they knew that he was actually caring about them and what they were trying to do for that area. I know Crump was in like a really tough spot when Dennis ran and, you know, Dennis was clawing to get things fixed for these people. And it breaks my heart that he never had the chance to actually enjoy that win because I think he would have changed. I don't want to say the world, but he definitely would have changed Nevada for the better just starting in Perum. And I, I think Dennis would have gotten bigger from there, not just in the legal sex work. I think politics would have been like his second baby. And I think it would have been a great thing for him. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at some of uh, when he was campaigning and, and frankly, some of the things that, that he was running for, for example, uh, legalization of cannabis. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, he was basically saying that, you know, what's, what's the issue? If you're not hurting anybody, why not? Right. Afro man was a good friend of his too. So <laughs> really, that's cool. Yeah. And that's flavor cool. flame. So I know they were close with him. That's cool as hell. Hey, for a moment, uh, show, do you mind showing the sure. book that you have the, for folks that are watching? So, I just think that's so cool. Yeah. The first time I went out to visit Dennis, we had gotten autographed copies of his book, the art of the pimp. And I thought it was great. Um, it's it's not a book all about sex work or legal sex work. It's actually about Dennis and his life and how he became an entrepreneur. It's actually really fascinating to read. Um, I know some people might shy off of it because it says the art of the pimp, but I highly recommend a lot of people reading it and getting to know who Dennis Hoff was as a person growing up. And he even took the time to autograph and fill out you know, personalized statement to me, which it was very heartfelt because it was him thanking me for the food that we made, telling me how great it was and how great of a person I was. And it was nice to get that friendship because after the first time, I felt really good that I could call Dennis a friend. And there were times that I would text him, ask him how he was doing, 
making sure he was okay, seeing how everything was going with the political race. So if I wasn't talking to him, I was talking to Zach, who was his assistant. And Zach was my best friend. And unfortunately, Zach passed away, I want to say a little over a year after Dennis did. And that was hard. It might have been two years, but I know it's been a year that we lost Zach. And those two were a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, Dennis was amazing to Zach. He was like a father figure to him. I know anytime Zach needed something or if Zach had an issue, Dennis was there. Dennis would try to fix it. He would try to help him with his family no matter what. And that shows what kind of person Dennis was. It wasn't just like, oh, you're my assistant. You're my bitch. You're going to do everything I want. And you're not going to go plain. I'm not going to pay you great. I'm not going to do shit for you. Because that's usually what happens with assistants. You're treated like garbage. You have all the grunt work. And that wasn't the true statement with Zach and Dennis. Like, it was a different kind of dynamic. It was almost like uh, Thelma and Louise <laughs> type. Like, they were always together. They were always, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. So that actually showed a different side of Dennis, too. You got to see the softer side, the caring side somebody who is human and isn't just about the money and the business and just trying to make a name for himself. So that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what, did you have any, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but did you have any preconceptions that were like corrected about, this whole industry, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, you know, legal sex work or sex work in general is taboo. It's made out to be something that's, you know, um, how do you say it? Like it, it's made to feel like it's wrong. I'm sorry, but almost everybody in this country is having sex with somebody. Some people are smart and they're getting paid for it. I mean, you're already doing it. Yes, I understand, like, there's so many different lines that could be crossed. There's things that could happen. People get raped, things along those lines. I get it. But when I went into it, I don't want to say, like I said, I was ignorant to it in the beginning. I'm just like, oh, my God, these girls make so much money just to be naked and just to, like, have sex with men. And I didn't realize what the business side of that entailed the man hours taking photos and making videos and doing your social media and trying to fulfill your calendar while you're there. Cause let's face it. If those girls aren't promoting themselves, they're not making money. So the constant drive and determination that they had was insane. I actually felt that they worked very similar. Like I did in the kitchen. I was very driven. I was very, um, like a go-getter. I was always looking for the next best thing. I wanted to always, you know, keep pursuing and keep learning and doing all that. And they're doing the same thing in their industry. So I'm like, why was I so ignorant just because it was about sex? Like I've had sex before. I have a kid to prove it. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's having sex. Why was I just so, ugh, they have sex for a living. You know, I'm very glad that I got to talk to the women I did and Dennis 
and learn their business side of it because it actually made me defend Dennis and another person in an argument I saw online. I actually saw somebody trashing Dennis about being a horrible person, about um, pretty much slaving these girls out for sex to make money. I think that was a comment that was in there. Um, He was a gross old man that got off on having sex with young women. That was another one. And from getting to know him and working for him, it definitely drove me right into the heart of that debate. And I was like, for someone that worked with him and got to know him on a different level, like those comments piss me off because if you watch Cat House, yes, you only see like an arrogant Dennis who is making all this money and he is in the sex industry and, you know, all these women want him. Let's face it. He's like the Hugh Hefner of legal sex, legal sex work. He really is. And he was good friends with Hugh. So you have two men that are driving the sex industry legally and people are pissed off about it because they got smart and made money off of it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for, for bringing that up. It's one thing I did have, I did have to bring up, which is, you know, since you knew him, I don't feel it's fair uh, to ask you to defend or, you know, explain any accusations, but I've definitely heard the accusations that, that you just aired and, um, yeah, I wanted to thank you for taking them on. So no problem. I mean, it definitely like, that's where the friendship came in. I mean, let's face it. I've been to a great steakhouse with Dennis for dinner. He bought us dinner all the time when we were there, we never paid for any meals. So anytime we went out, it was a whole entourage of people. We were always in like a family style setting. So there were like eight to nine of us at a table and we just talked. Dennis got to know our lives. We got to know his. I got to meet Heidi Fleiss and learn about her life and how she is a big advocate for parrots and how she's trying to change parrots lives and save them. And, you know, she has this whole big parrot sanctuary at her house. That was crazy. I never knew that. But I got to know her on a different level. Creepy Ron was there too. And, you know, we hung out and had some dinner and he just creeped us out. But I mean, it was always nice to be around Dennis because he always brought a positive vibe. Whether you love him or hate him, I mean, the guy knew what he was doing in the business platform, whether it's sex or not. Like, he's a great entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to. I want to get to that because he truly was brilliant in figuring out how to market it. But really quick, like, yeah, I, you know, we had a sex worker that I had invited on and she ended up backing out because she said she was under totally under Dennis and Suzette's control. And I was like, what do you mean? I thought that, you know, girls, every girl I've spoken to, they're independent contractors. They choose to come. And she was like, she was like, that may be the case for some, but those, she's like, most have a pimp who go there and they go there in crisis. They fled a bad situation with nothing but clothes on their back and they need a roof over their head. Do you think there is any, like, because this is the thing, I wanted to try to humanize sex workers and right. unfor- unfortunately people just think they're whores and they're not human beings. And it's like, no, they're human right. beings. And so... Um, I guess I just wanted to ask you, like, 
have you ever heard of or do you think there was room for abuse in the illegal sex industry? I mean, I, I can't sit there and deny her allegations. I mean, if that's how she felt, sure. I mean, I could see that. But to be honest, when I was there, I never saw any of the girls that kind of like winced away from Dennis or Suzette. I never um, got that vibe because anytime we walked into a house or we were around any of the girls or certain girls came to dinner with us, they were all on Dennis's arm and they wanted his attention full blown. My thing is if I was being abused by someone, I wouldn't be throwing myself onto said person. Um, you know, and to be quite honest, I have a friend who had worked with Dennis. She was there for a whole tour. And I actually found out when I saw them at the tea party and <laughs> I screamed her name and not her stage name. And I learned really quick not to do that again. Yeah. Um, but thankfully nobody was there. So she, she had bad experiences, not with Dennis, but with someone outside of the house because she also did adult entertainment videos. So somebody who was close to Dennis hurt her, but it wasn't Dennis. Um, so, I mean, the girl or the woman that you had spoken to, I mean, she could be valid, but I don't know because I never saw that side of Dennis. I never saw that side of Suzette. Um, the only side of Suzette that I saw was, I guess you could say almost like an iron fist. I mean, she protects those girls. She makes sure that every woman is being safe, is uh, legally doing their job, makes their exchanges. You know, you're one thing I've learned, those women make their exchanges behind closed doors. Granted, like there's cameras for their safety, but they're doing the negotiation behind closed doors. So if you're not happy with what you're doing, then don't do it. I mean, I understand that you need money and there's things to do, but as a chef, I mean, I left jobs because I was treated absolutely terrible. And for being a woman, I was, you know, sexualized. I was treated like dog shit because I was a woman. I was sexually harassed and I left because my self-dignity and my pride was worth more than missing a car payment for a month or two until I got myself up on my feet. So if that's how you felt in that moment, you really shouldn't have kept going back. I know the money is good, but there's other brothels that you could have worked at. So yeah. that kind of raises the question of how bad really was it if you didn't leave? Yeah. And this person ultimately did, they, they, I think they're in like healthcare or something now, but uh, you know, one okay. of the other things they mentioned was like, you know, that they had the, like you said, if you're having that issue, why not own your situation? And even if you're going to miss payments, get the hell out. Right. right. Um, one of her points that she brought, cause I was like, I think it's good to have these conversations openly and honestly, it humanizes people. And she's like, right. here's the, she's like, here's the thing. The men who go there know the women are abused and don't care at all. Majority of the women who work there have a pimp, learning disorders, personality disorders, mental health disorders, and nothing you tell them or their pimp will make a difference. And I'm just like, I'm not trying to make a difference. I'm just trying to 
talk, you know. So wait, um, the, they have pimps inside the brothel? She yeah, she's like, alleging that that like there's a pimp outside of the brothel that sends the girls in. Oh, okay. So they have a pimp outside and they're making yeah. them go work at a brothel. Yeah, that's what well, she's alleging. Well, they do. I mean, the guy's smart. They're making better money legally and <laughs> safely. To be honest, like they're very big on safe sex. I know the girls are tested every week for STDs. There's a doctor on site. Um, if they had any other medical issues, there's a doctor that comes there all the time. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what goes on outside of a brothel. If there are pimps forcing girls to do that, that's on them. But to kind of villainize Dennis and Suzette and make them out to be the ones that are abusing you. Not really. You chose the abuse before you got into their brothel. And to be honest, like, like I said, Suzette is very meticulous. There's no, you can't be out of line there. They have very strict rules. They have very strict things that you have to do as an an owner operator in their business, because let's face it, they've been there for years. They've been doing this for a very long time. So Mm -hmm. obviously they know what they're doing. And with the whole new generations coming up, everybody's butt hurt if they're not told what they want to hear. Like, let's be honest with that and call a spade a spade. Yeah. You can't say anything to anyone now without them attacking you or feeling like you're attacking them and their character. I hate talking to people now because you don't know who you're going to (laughs) offend. Right, right. It's awful, but that's, that's how it is, so... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, like I said, I wanted to talk about kind of the genius behind uh, the way he marketed, um, because frankly, there are pretty, like you said, strict rules and regulations on what you can and can't do. And I thought one of the smartest things he did. So you can't advertise. I think technically you can't advertise. Right. right? Yeah. It's a weird way how they can do it. And I forget why that what like you can't it's companionship yeah so you have to say you're looking for a companion or something along those lines you can't just be like hey you want to bang for like 500 bucks you can't do that like that's when i said they make all their reservations behind closed doors and it's for that reason i forget what was the reasoning my friend had told me because yes it it's legal sex work, but there's a reason why you can't do that out in the open. Yeah, I think it's something like there's like some sort of solicitation. Like it's still yeah, some kind of yeah, the law for a solicitation. I forget yeah. what it is. So though, I was just going to say the the brilliant way he's got around it, and frankly, the the legal sex workers that came onto my show are getting around it is by simply talking about it. We're not advertising; yes. we're to, we're just talking about it, right? And so, yep. um, he went on Doctor Phil, Oprah, Howard yes. Stern. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know just, some of the ladies that I got a chance to talk to. They were like the high rollers the girls that were making the big money coming into the bunny ranch and you know, yeah, those women have Louis Vuitton bags, red bottom shoes. They got everything, but they're working their ass off for it. Um, I don't know if I could like say their stage names on here, but 
some of the women that I know, like you said, they're nurses, they're going into nursing school. They want to do more with their life, but this is how they can afford to do it. Because I mean, let's face it, college is expensive. And if you're trying to be a doctor or a nurse, like it's not cheap. I mean, hell, I went to culinary school for a year and paid 65,000 back. That's for one year for an associate degree. I can't imagine what it is now. I'm terrified to see what happens when my son goes to school in college. So, I mean, a lot of those women that you talk to, they're there for a purpose. My good friend was there because her husband needed an operation and they didn't have health insurance. So they needed like $25,000 to pay this uh, surgery off. And it was a life and death surgery he had to have. So she went to the ranch and I don't know how long she was there to make that money, but that's what she did because she knew she could make the money faster that way than a nine to five. I mean, it, it's crazy the amount of money these women can make, but I also condone them because they all work for themselves. Essentially. If you're not, um, promoting yourself, you're not on social media, you're not answering emails, you're not making money. And even when these ladies aren't there, they're still trying to promote their calendars for the next month, the next tour. They're constantly going, it's nonstop. And I'm thinking, that's an amazing entrepreneur. That's somebody who is so self-driven to be successful in life that they're willing to do whatever it takes. And that's what I'm saying. If it's legal sex work or not, they're still a, a driven person to make themselves successful. I mean, shit, if I felt more self-confident, I'd probably do that. And then I can retire by the time I'm like 40. If you were smart about investing your money, you can retire in like 30, 40. And you don't have to work until you're 75, 80 anymore. It's sad looking at people who are in their 70s still working a job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so my next question, um, is inspired by Dennis Hoff. Um, I, okay. uh, watched bunny ranch and I noticed, or sorry, bunny ranch cat house. I watched the cat house show on HBO <laughs> and, um, one of the girls said, yeah, I love working here at bunny ranch. You know, it's uh, make good money. Um, the girls are cool. It's not a lockdown brothel, blah, blah, blah. And she just moved on. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. What's the, What's that? What is a lockdown brothel? And I actually found out that Dennis is one of the people that pioneered not locking down his brothel, allowing his women to, to frankly come and go as they please. Um, and so that right. is a huge like change he brought to the sex industry that was positive, um, you know, for the workers and the workers obviously appreciated. Right. Um, are you aware of any other improvements, I guess, that, that he brought to the sex industry because he really brought it up to the in the end of the media into the forefront of everybody's minds i felt like it has been right. kind of silently going on until dennis hoff <laughs> well i know um i don't know when it started but the girls have rallies and stuff where they talk about legalizing the sex work and making sure that the laws don't take away their livelihood. I remember when they were locked out of the brothels before COVID, there was like a couple of times where they got shut down and the women that worked in the brothels like 
took off to the streets to promote themselves, to um, picket what was going on. And I mean, Dennis did whatever he could for those women, you know, whatever they needed. They made like all the signs. They used all the limos for the houses. Um, They did a lot of different stuff to make sure that those women were heard. Like you're making their livelihood shut down. They're not making money. Like the women are there on tour, but nobody's allowed in the brothel. Right. So I know Dennis was very eager to help in whatever way he could. And I know he was very uplifting for the women that were there. Um, And I know like a lot of girls always said that Dennis had his favorites. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody has like a favoritism thing, depending on what it is. It is what it is. So, but the thing with that is I love the way that the brothels were ran because the girls had a lot of camaraderie. They were always allowed to uplift each other. I mean, shit, when the girls are there on tour together, they're promoting each other's calendar because if I'm fully booked and my friend isn't, I want her to make the same kind of money I am. So I'm going to help promote her. And I thought that was really cool because it wasn't all about me, 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 me. It was about we as a whole. And it was like that in every brothel Dennis had. I thought that was really intriguing because I thought it was like a cutthroat industry where it's, this is my calendar. I have it booked. I don't give a shit. If anybody else makes money, I'm making mine. And that's not the way it is in any of those brothels that he owned. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I'm uh, interested, like, so some of the people we spoke to, as you mentioned, one of the things that like proponents of legal sex work talk about is uh, the sex uh, or the testing rather to make sure that, you know, um, they don't have any sexual sexually transmitted diseases. Um, Again, I know you're not a sex worker, but I'm just curious after having spoken with sex workers in the spirit of improvements, do you think a solid improvement that would, uh, you know, kind of enhance the safety uh, for a sex worker would also be to have the John or the the customer tested? Yeah, I think it would. I mean, I, I condone the women getting tested every week, but I also feel like condoms only do so much. They really do. And I was actually surprised that they're tested that often. I thought that was very good that at least they're getting tested every week. They know and make sure that there's nothing going on, but I do wish that there was a little more safety going into it where, you know, the John had to bring in, you know, their STD report or see the same doctor and wait X amount of days before they are allowed to come in. But at the same time, like, I don't know how HIPAA would work with that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's wishful thinking. It would be great. But because of like the HIPAA violations and the HIPAA laws, there would be some way around it because it's like, oh, well, why do you get to have my medical records? I'm just coming here to have sex technically. Yeah. So I wish it would because then it'd be easier for the women. Yeah. Well, it's safer for the women. Yeah. Too. too. Um, 
just really quick, like I feel it's important to give credit where credit is due. I was doing some research and I believe as far back as the 1930s, the 1940s, that's when brothels actually started requiring condom use and wow. sexual sexual testing. I might That's be wrong awesome. on that, but it, that. it was very, it was before it was legalized, frankly, because it, wow. it was legalized in the 80s. And so they were pioneering safe sex, uh, you know, much before I think there were any campaigns on the matter. Uh, wow. So. That's really intriguing to learn that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. interesting, you know, how some <laughs> things came out of this. So I think the recognition of public health and, and, and disease transmission was something that played very early uh, because in 1937 is when Nevada introduced testing for venereal disease. Uh, th this was pr very progressive uh, action. When people contracted uh, STDs, uh, they could be lethal. And there, you know, people used tincture of mercury and other kinds of things to try to address these things. So one of the concerns was more than just religious. The fact is that the diseases could be transmitted. And so Nevada in tolerating and, and imposing in 1937 the uh, testing by uh, licensed physicians was addressing that issue. And of course that was carried on after legalization. I've got an interesting question that I okay. realize could be like walking on eggshells, but I just, it's it because only because it relates to politics. I don't get fired up about politics, yes. but some people do. Um, I'm just curious, Dennis was running as a Republican who said he wanted to legalize cannabis and you know, continue the legalization of sex work. I'm sorry, but I'm, I live in a very conservative area and it, that doesn't, yeah. that don't, those don't seem like conservative policy. So I'm, oh, I guess what I'm asking is, is there something <laughs> in the water in Nevada where conservatives think differently or like what, what's going on there? Um, maybe I know Dennis is, I know he was very, um, Republican in, like most of the politics, which is good. I mean, I know he was um, big on Trump and stuff like that, but I also think he's down to earth and he also can see what's working. I mean, let's get real. If you legalize cannabis and you tax it like you do cigarettes, you can't tell me the government wouldn't make billions and billions of dollars. I mean, at the end of the day, he's an entrepreneur before a politician. And that's where Dennis was like a double threat. So if he would have made it into politics, I feel like I hate putting it out there because like you get attacked for no matter what you say, but I supported Donald Trump and I supported Dennis Hoff. I feel like he would have been almost in the shoes of Donald Trump in that aspect where he's a man of his word, what he says he does, there's no bullshitting. There's no reading from a prompter and not having an opinion for yourself. He was, Dennis was a very outspoken person. And if he didn't like it, he didn't give a shit. His opinion mattered to him and the people that supported him. So, I mean, like I said, if he would have made it to win that election and then actually get into office, I would have been amazed to see what Dennis could have done in that first year. I wish yeah. he would have made it to that day. Yeah. 
yeah, it definitely would have been, it, it definitely would have been interesting, uh, to say the least. Yeah. I just was always curious about that. And I guess the only thing I had heard really that, that I guess makes sense is that frankly, all of these brothels are located in rural remote areas yeah. that don't have a lot of tourism other than what he's bringing. Correct. Because you can't have a brothel in the same city limits of a casino. I remember it was, you either had like the gambling or you had the brothels. You couldn't have both in the same city limit. So I think that's why they were in such rural areas. And I know the other brothels that I went to that weren't like with the bunny ranch, the sagebrush and all that, they were down South. You want to talk about remote. I thought I was in the movie, the Hills have eyes, Like I thought (laughs) shit was going to come out of the freaking mountains at me and try to eat me. Because it was so remote. When you would go outside of the one brothel we stayed at, it was pitch black. You didn't see shit for miles. And I remember when we were going to the airport, Coop and I left, it was like four o'clock in the morning. And I'm just like, this is some shit you see on like Deliverance or The Hills Have Eyes. I'm like, some crooked eyed thing's going to come wielding out the the hill and try to eat my brain. I'm like, no. (laughs) I want to go home now. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it was definitely crazy, that one. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think that it's like kind of like maybe these people... Look, I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush on conservatism. I know that it is not a monolith. You know, not everybody always thinks the same. And But just typically speaking, I categorize like conservative kind of like they've got these moral objections to drug use and sex, you know? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see where you're coming with that because usually it's like, oh, my God, you can't be gay. You can't smoke weed. You can't have sex. Um, You can only have sex if you're married. No kids out of wedlock. Like. I see where you're coming from with that, but I feel, I don't know if Nevada is just a little more laid back, but you also have your strong conservative people there. Um, I remember, I forget what story it was. Zach had told me a story where somebody actually like went after Dennis when they were out in public and just like ridiculed him for everything he stood for told him he wasn't a Republican um, and just all kinds of like, you know, nasty, nasty shit you could say to somebody. And I'm like, why can't people have their own opinions? Like, why is it so voodoo? Like you and I can talk about something. I could tell you that I support Trump. You might not have supported Trump, but we can agree to disagree. We can have a conversation. And I feel like a lot of people these days, you can't have a legitimate conversation without wanting to kill the other person and like just tear them down until you win said conversation. Yeah. Or until you win. I love a couple friends over (laughs) politics. And I'm like, really? Just because I voted for a man that I thought would have been good for our country doesn't mean I'm homophobic, doesn't mean I'm racist. I actually lost a couple gay friends because they thought I was homophobic because I voted for Donald Trump. And I'm the first one that would advocate, like advocate for my gay friends. And I'd go to pride with them, do anything I could to support my gay friends. 
And for them to just up and leave and stop speaking to me because I voted for someone that hurt, that hurt really bad. And, you know, there was no changing their mind. It's no, he's a homophobic racist. And if you vote for him, you are too. And I'm like, really? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, this is insane. You can't even have a conversation with people that have been your friends for 20 years. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. This last political cycle definitely, um, divided us more than anything. (laughs) Yeah. Split my family up and split friends. Oh, family's rough. Family I think is worse because they're cutthroat and ready to take you out by the jugular. Yeah, they know all everything you've ever done. So like, oh yeah, you yeah. want to say this? You remember when you were seven and you pi- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know. Remember when you accidentally threw something at me when you were two? I right. hate you because of it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Well, anyways, but- the last thing I'll say about Trump, and it really isn't about Trump, it's more about Dennis Hoff, <laughs> is they called right. him the Donald Trump of Pahrump. Um so yes, they <laughs> yeah, did. yeah. <laughs> So, um, I, you know, I, I, again, I'm not as refined on all of Dennis's, uh, policies, but I think they gave that title to him, like you say, because he felt like he was unscripted and coming just like kind of off the cuff. And I think I would think that at, at the very least, that's probably why, uh, he was, you know, given that title. So yeah, this has been, um, this has been super interesting. I definitely want to see, uh, you know, some pictures of you and Hoff. That'd be cool to be able, if you're comfortable yeah, with me definitely. throwing it into the the podcast so that people oh, can see, that'd be super cool. And um, yeah, it's just been really cool. I do uh, have one, one fact to share. I mean, it's a sad sure. fact, but um, the last time we went out, Coop and I, it was, it was Dennis's birthday, the second birthday dinner that we cooked. And I remember landing And I got home from Philadelphia airport and my phone rang and it was one of my good friends. And they were like, damn, your food killed Dennis Hoff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I just started laughing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And my friend got real serious on the phone and he is like, oh my God, please don't tell me I'm the first to tell you. And I said, tell me what? And he goes, they found Dennis dead. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I looked up TMZ because I didn't believe it. I'm like, I literally was just with this guy less than 24 hours ago. Like, this is crazy. And I had called Zach, who was, you know, his assistant and Zach couldn't even speak. He was just hysterical. And he was like, yeah, we lost him. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I was so beside myself because we had just had a great week with him. And I'm grateful that I got to spend, I think it was six days or seven days that time that we were out there and I'm like, I'm so grateful for the laughs and the memories and just the good time that we had with Dennis, because that proves that life is too short and you never know when you're going to go. It was so heartbreaking, but I'm just glad that I got to have a second birthday dinner with him. That was actually really cool. Yeah. That's crazy. And thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, You were technically one of the last people to see Dennis Hoff living. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. That's fucking crazy. Yep. It was Uh, absolutely crazy. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, that's why I was like, I got to kind of put that out there because, you know, it's definitely like a weird fact, but 
I mean, it was definitely heartbreaking. Yeah. And this is just, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist at all, but just hear me out here. Okay. With as much, <laughs> with as much of a contender he was, look, I should apply Occam's razor. Are you familiar with that? Like anything that happens bad doesn't mean that it necessarily happened because somebody intentionally was evil and did something, right? Oh, see, too I often, think that happens. <laughs> well, too often <laughs> people... I agree that it definitely happens, but too often people like just jump to conclusions. They're like, well, this happened because somebody was out to get me or out to get them. And so again, I'm acknowledging that I could just be a crazy conspiracy theorist here, but like he was making good progress in his campaign and he dies shortly before uh, the election. And then you said a year afterwards, his assistant died is there any conspiracy? Have you heard any conspiracy theories honest, around that? Um, with Dennis passing, there was a lot of questions raised and there were a lot of different talks of why it happened, how it happened, if people were involved. Um, I know Zach felt very strongly that something happened to Dennis, that it wasn't natural. So, folks, if it's not already clear, I think Heather did a good job of uh, kind of prefacing this. But what we're talking about right now is just rumor or talk. And if you'd like to look a little bit more into what she's saying that Zach said, I'm displaying a headline right now that you could look up. I might publish this full video in the future because I do have a copy of it. Uh, But I do believe that this video is still on the Internet. So if you looked up. Uh, the headline, Dasha Killed Dennis, says Zach Hames, Nye County Sheriff conducting interviews today. Um, you can see the allegations that, that Zach made. You can also see Dasha, who's pictured right now, um, respond to those claims. Uh, as you might have guessed, she, as, as I recall, denies the claims that she had anything to do with Dennis's death. And in fact, as I'll share uh, here in a bit on this episode, as far as the coroner's report went and as far as everything I've heard, I do not believe fair uh, a foul play was involved in this. But I should reiterate that I am from Illinois. I am a stoner that bought a microphone, and I am by no means an investigative journalist. Uh, I did, though, want to be as responsible as possible with regard to, like, rumors and such. So uh, I wanted to make it clear that this was a rumor. And uh, certainly the circumstances make your head kind of tilt to the side. But as far as I've been able to find everybody I've talked to, um, there doesn't it doesn't seem like foul play was involved. Uh, still, the circumstances are weird. So just buckle up, folks. I, if if the circumstances haven't already gotten weird, surrounded this death and the death that follows that death. Um, yeah, it's a weird one, but. Just wanted to jump in and say from from what I've been able to tell, and maybe you guys can find differently, it doesn't seem like foul play was involved as as coincidental as these deaths may have been. It just doesn't seem like what I thought it was. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, And I don't know if he had receipts on that, but I know he was scared that something was going to happen to him. And I'm like, huh, (laughs) you know, and then he dies, you know, not too long after. So it definitely raised an eyebrow with me, but 
I try not to look into it just because God forbid if it was, I don't want to be the next one. Yeah. You, know you don't want to I mean? be the like, next one to wake up dead. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah. thank God I'm, you know, almost 3000 miles away, but still it's, it definitely raised an eyebrow with me, especially some of the conversations I had with Zach. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, just from an outsider looking in, like that was kind of the first thought I had because with a, with his, a person as powerful as he was and the trajectory right. he was on and everything he was involved in, I could easily see somebody being like, Hey, we need to shut this guy up. Yeah. Um, I know it was speculation. I'm not saying that this is what happened, but I know there was rumor that Dennis was with one of the girls the night that he died. Um, I don't know what happened. That was behind closed doors between the two of them. I don't know if he died with her there, died after, but um, rumor has it that she left the house and drove, because we were down south, I think. We were at the brothels down south, away from the other four. I want to say she drove back up to where um, the other houses were, packed her stuff, and nobody could get a hold of her for a very long time. I mean, I think the cops and stuff did because, you know, let's face it, they can find anybody, <laughs> almost anybody yeah. now, instantly. But um, I know she was definitely wanted for questioning to see what went on with them that night. But I just thought it was very eerie that you leave and drive. I think it's almost like a three or four hour drive. So it's not like it's around the corner and then you pack your stuff and you just leave the brothel and then they don't hear from you. Like that definitely made me question things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just to, to maybe try to, I always try to be even handed if you haven't been able to tell with this interview. And so just to, yeah. you know, I don't want to come in too hard on conspiracy. You know, other people have other, offered other explanations for this sudden and untimely death, which is that, Dennis had uh, diabetes, I believe, and yes. that has been offered to me as an explanation for his untimely death. You know, I don't yeah, wanna... I heard that, and then I heard heart attack also. Um, I both of those came into play too in speculation. Yeah. So, I mean, deep down, I really hope that it was just something that was quick and painless because let's face it, nobody wants to suffer. Folks, right now I'm displaying what was sent to me. I'm being told this is the coroner's report for Dennis Hoff. And from what I can tell, I'm scrolling down here. Um, you know, this is the opinion of the coroner. Um, apparently that there was no foul play uh, involved. It seems to have been a heart attack. And maybe a few other factors here, but the death seems to be natural, folks. You can take a look at this autopsy report yourself. I'm displaying it here, uh, but it does say ma manner of death, natural. Other significant conditions was diabetes mellitus and obesity. Um, it does say that the cause of death was acute myocardial infarction due to atherosclerotic and hypertensive cardiovascular disease. So people that are in the healthcare industry, I hope you got a little bit of a laugh at me uh, describing uh, what exactly happened because I have to imagine that I mispronounced some of those words. I did want to just jump in here, though, to say that 
once again, as weird as the circumstances seem to be, it does seem that uh, this death was natural, or at least according to the coroner. I've not heard anything, heard or anything, sorry, I've not heard or seen anything that indicates anything to the contrary, except for the rumors that Zach floated, which of course the person that he alleged was involved denied. And of course, I don't believe anything has surfaced regarding that. Once again, I want to reiterate the circumstances are truly weird, uh, but from what I can tell, it doesn't seem that foul play was at all a factor in this death. Folks, I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode, and I hope you appreciate some of the context I'm trying to add to this conversation. I hope nobody ill-intentionally like, had ill intent to kill him or want him dead, so... You know, deep down, I want to believe that it was natural causes and he had a heart attack and died. Yeah. Because that sits with me a little bit better than, shit, somebody killed him and maybe he suffered and, you know. And they're still out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I don't like that thought either, but but I can't help. I had to to breach it or broach the topic with you um, because, (laughs) you know, like. It's a big topic. Yeah, and I mean he's a big person, and and to just suddenly, you know, yeah, and I feel like the whole industry changed on that day, you know. Um, it did. I know it definitely shook the houses. Um, the girls were very different. I know the auras changed, like the whole shift in the house changed. But um, like I haven't heard anything bad about the way things have been running since Madam Suzette took over. I don't know if, like, she just picked up, like, didn't even skip a beat. Because, I mean, basically, she ran them anyway. Yeah. But now she has full control over them. Yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what has happened. Again, this is, I am a a person from Chillinois, so it's funny that I, like, sit here and (laughs) act like I know anything about any of these things. I want to tell people that are listening right now that this has all just been through my internet research. Um, and so one of the things I don't know if you know at all about this, like, yes, in fact, um, Suzette is controlling the brothels right now, but I've read that it's still actually technically under the Hoff estate and that it's not hers. Do you know anything about that? Wow. Um, no, I know Zach was like questioning things and he was telling me what was going on, but then we had kind of like stopped talking about that after a while. Cause I know there was a lot of ill spoken words between Madam Suzette and Zach. And I know it was very bad blood. Um, so I think he kind of tried to wash his hands of that. And towards the end of his life, like we just talked about anything. I mean, he was one of my, my best friends. So, you know, he was actually going to come visit me two weeks before he passed away. And I found out on his Snapchat, his sister put something up on Snapchat and I'm like, what the hell? You found out that he was dead because of his Snapchat, you said? Wow. Yeah, his sister put something up on his Snapchat and I called and I'm like, what do you mean Zach's dead? I'm like, he's not ready to die. Like he's too like rambunctious. He's too, he has too many things. How old was he? Oh my God. Um... 30 
Yeah. 32. Like he might have, yeah, he, I think he's younger than me. I'm 34. So he had to have been about 30. Mm -hmm. So he was still very young. I know that. Did he and say And that was any? like a freak thing that he died in the hospital. That was, it was really weird how he died. Weird. Did he say, I mean, I know you mentioned he said he was worried. Did he give you any <clears throat> indication as to like what might he be worried about? Um, like yes and no, but it, it all just like kept circling around. So I didn't know what to really take seriously with sure. him. Cause like he would joke about things, but then he'd get serious and then he'd joke about it. And I'm like, but there's Ugh. truth in every joke. What it right. mind sharing, like maybe what he said or was joking about. I would share it with you personally, not on here. Sure. Just because I don't want anything <laughs> brought my way. Like I don't I want any like bad juju and I don't want anything same here. <laughs> so, <laughs> same here. <laughs> I mean, I'll share it with you privately, but I not on here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I respect that. Um, Thank and you. I am right there with you. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Well, Hey, I, I just wanted to say again that today has been a pleasure, uh, to speak with you. It's funny, you know, you may not have ever expected to hear from the Illinois <laughs> podcast, <laughs> Um, but I got to give a shout out to, uh, Rodney, uh, and deliciously yeah. dope TV. I was on his show in the past and I'm going to have to have him on my show. Um, not only as a thank you for connecting me with you, but just cause he's a really cool guy. I'm just curious, uh, before I let you go, how'd you meet Rodney? I know you, he's a chef and you're a chef, so maybe that's it or. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had added me on Facebook years ago. Um, I want to say it was like right after the show. And, um, we just hit it off great. Like he, I don't know, one of us messaged each other and it was over something on Facebook and we just hit it off and we were great friends ever since. I mean, we've been talking now since 2014, 2015. So it's, it's been a while. Then he's definitely a great person to talk to because he's yeah. very knowledgeable about shit. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Like it, I feel like I'm talking to him like the way we talk because it's just very non-judgmental. There's two sides. You can have a great conversation. You don't have to worry about pissing somebody off. Yeah. And it's nice to have people you can talk to like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's selfless. I think that's the best way I can describe yes. him. He is just, you know, in it yeah. for, for life, you know, just to give. Oh people yeah. And he's very big on helping others succeed. I mean, I think he said, how this came up is you were talking about Dennis and he is like, Oh my God, I know somebody that <laughs> yes, worked with Dennis yeah. and did stuff with Dennis. And he messages me and he's like, Hey, I need to give your information out. Can I? And I'm like, sure. What is it? And he told me the whole thing. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'd love to talk about Dennis. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say again, yeah, he Small set this world. up and it was just kind of cool how this all came together. So I really want to say, thank you so much for setting aside time in your Friday morning for, for me and my <laughs> silly little show. <laughs> anytime I had a great time I'm actually really happy I got the chance to do this and you know kind of talk about Dennis on a different level you know not being a sex worker um, not mm -hmm. being a friend or a f well I'm um, friend but not somebody who's known him his whole life so it's nice to have that opinion on being like a new aged friend and getting to know him on such short terms and short notice so 
Yeah, I had a great yeah. time talking about them and reminiscing. <laughs> I did too. And I, I feel really fortunate to have been able to connect with you. Like you say, it's one of those small world things. So, um, uh, I guess before we go, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Anything that we weren't able to talk about today? Um, no, I think that was it because I just wanted to make sure I, you know, had said about at least seeing him right before he passed away. So it was yeah. crazy how that worked out. Yeah. But I'm super, definitely super grateful crazy. for that. Hell yeah. Well, folks, we hope you found value in this series on legal sex work. I put a lot into this and um, I hope you found it as fascinating that I, I hope you found it as fascinating as I have. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much if you've listened this far in. So we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Chillinois podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>